Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. All right, guys. So I am super excited for today's episode because we are talking with Tori Overmeyer and Tori is a founder of Thrive Business Development, where she helps online coaches and supports them in building their offers, creating a social media strategy, selling and launching. So Tori, I would love for you to just kind of tell everyone a little bit about yourself, your story, how you got started in your business. Um, so we can kind of get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, Like you said, I'm Tori. I own Thrive Business Development, uh, where I help coaches and other online business owners with creating offers. And then mainly my favorite thing to help people with is selling and specifically selling on Instagram. So how I got started is I used to be a hairstylist and I used Instagram to build my business up to a full clientele. So naturally I started to have other hairstylists asking me for help with Instagram. And from there, it just kind of quickly spiraled. I realized how much I loved this. I was able to stop doing hair, fell in love with the coaching industry. And that's why I decided to make the pivot to basically helping other people do what I did and be able to leave their other jobs to coach full time. Awesome. I love that. And I, you know, as I was kind of learning more about you and what you do, I was like, man, she is like, the polar opposite of me in terms of like what you're comfortable with. And because as business owners, you know, there can be a ton of pressure around social media and showing up, you know, social media is such a huge part of our world and it can really feel draining to feel like you have to show up every day. Um, and it's also hard to not compare your journey to others who've you're kind of surrounded by this constant connectedness, like this person's doing this and I need to be doing this. And I know for me, and this is why I say we're like opposites in this is, you know, showing up every day is not something that feels aligned for me just because I feel almost uncomfortable sometimes. And I don't really, you know, I don't know what to talk about sometimes if I'm being totally transparent, but I also know that there's lots of people out there who love showing up every day, even though it drains them or they feel like they have to, because that's what they're supposed to be doing, right? You have to show up on social media every day. It's what you need to be doing and you're to grow your business. Um, especially with the pressure, I think around new social media trends, like reels and, and TikTok and all these new different, I know you're specific to Instagram. Um, but there is just so many different facets of social media that we feel like we have to be on all the time. Um, so I'm curious to know how you have seen this show up for your clients and maybe what advice you would have for those that feel that pressure to show up and create content all the time and how, what we can kind of do to maybe combat that, or if you have tips and tricks on how to maybe make it feel, um, less overwhelming, so to speak. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I think something that sort of differentiates me from maybe other business coaches who help with Instagram is I am very aware of that. And I actually, even though I love Instagram, am kind of similar to you. I hate the pressure of feeling like I have to show up. I hate feeling like you have to share, you know, all of your life in order yeah, to like, Oh, here's what I ate for breakfast. And you yes. know, every little piece of my life, I don't 
feel like I need to document that stuff all the time. Exactly. And I feel that same way. So a lot of my clients actually, when I ask them like, you know, what attracted you to me, that's a question that I have on one of my questionnaires. Um, and a lot of them say like, it seems like you have really good boundaries with Instagram. So that's something that I help my clients with a lot while I'm helping them use Instagram. I'm also helping them make sure that they keep a healthy relationship with it. So I just want to kind of like say that for anyone who's feeling that way, know that you can use Instagram to help your business. And that doesn't mean that you have to be on it 24 seven or do anything that, you know, you're uncomfortable with or share anything that you don't want to share. Yeah. And I think for me, that took um, a lot of time to figure out. I, you know, I felt like I had to show up 24 seven. Um, and I think honestly, the pivot point for me was when I had my son, um, last September, because I just got to the point where I physically just could not show up anymore. And it was trying to find, um, ways around that to continue to, you know, market my business, so to speak from social media, um, and just kind of being comfortable with, the fact that, Hey, like, it's okay that I'm not showing up all the time anymore. Um, we did use that opportunity to kind of integrate the team a little bit more on our social media because we are an agency. And so we started to do things like team takeovers on IG stories, which kind of was like, you know, kind of getting our audience more familiar with our team too, because they, you know, if they do choose to work with us, it's not just working with me, right. It's working with our entire team. And so we try to use it as an opportunity to introduce people to our team more. Um, and, and another thing for me, I think that I had to really get better at was not feeling like I had to respond immediately to everybody, um, in the DMS. Like that was one thing I think that was really hard for me. And just learning that it's okay to completely log off on the weekends. Like if somebody messages me on Friday, I don't respond to them now until the following Monday. I've just kind of implemented the same like working hours for my job that I've almost migrated that over to Instagram, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. That's one of the big things that I kind of give my clients as a to do during our time together. I'm like use business hours, whether that is with, you know, client calls, any type of client communication that you do. And also with social media, nine to five, Monday through Friday, unless of course, you know, you want to, but don't feel like you have to be on there all of the time. And I think another big tip that I thought of as you were talking about content specifically is focus on really impactful content and less of it instead of like a bunch of random content. So like be really intentional with your content. That way you don't have to create as much of it. You can still really, you know, hit home with that ideal client, but using less content and in a more impactful way. Yeah. I love that. And that's one thing too, is I still work you know, throughout the week, my, my schedule is very different now that I've had my son and, but my Wednesdays, you know, like I mentioned when we were talking before we started recording this episode was it's kind of like my all in work day where I really have to get a lot done. Um, and so that's kind of like my day too, that I show up on stories and I, I am more present and showing what's going on with my work and what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. Um, but I've kind of had to like, let go of the fact that like, I'm, I'm not going to be showing up all the time. And what's been great is, you know, and things haven't crumbled, so to speak, right? Like yeah. things have still been working and I'm trying to show up, like you mentioned in a more impactful way, more intentional with what I am sharing versus 
you know, the breakfast that I ate, that doesn't matter (laughs) to my, you know, to my audience, so to speak. But do you have tips? Because I feel like you just brought up a good point too, with, with the working hours and having those like kind of implemented with Instagram. Do you have tips for people on how to, if you have somebody that maybe doesn't receive that very well, maybe it's a potential client that was reaching out, um, on a Friday, um, or in the evening and you didn't get back to them till the following day or the following work day. Um, do you kind of have tips for, for managing that for people that maybe feel the pressure of like, I need to respond because they're a potential client or a client in general, maybe that's reaching out on Instagram, which I think it's a different realm because we're, we're very intentional about where we communicate with our clients and social media is not one of them. So I just kind of wonder if you have, um, some tips for hard conversations around boundaries with your Instagram DMS. Yeah. So I'm the same way as you. And I always recommend my clients be this way too, is not using Instagram for client communication. So I communicate with my clients in Voxer or Facebook groups, depending on what program of mine they're in. And I'm very clear in the contract, which I recommend, and in our beginning conversations that this is the way we communicate and I will be available Monday through Friday, nine to five. And I always say too, like, if you have something come up that you don't want to forget, or like an idea that you really want to get to me on like a Saturday, please feel free to boxer me. Like I have no problem with that. Cause I don't want you feeling like you can't get things out when they come up, but just know that I'll respond during my business hours. So I think being very clear and upfront in beginning conversations, even like on sales calls, Um, And like I said, in your contract too, is really important because then, you know, you've set the tone, you know, that they know what to expect. And I think that's honestly a huge bonus for the client too, because for me as a client, when someone tells me exactly what to expect, it makes the container feel a lot more safe. I know exactly what we both need to do. And so don't feel bad about those conversations. Know that that's actually going to make the client feel more comfortable and taken care of. That's, I think, one of the big things too that we've tried to, uh, you know, communicate even in our course with some of our students when we talk about systems and consolidating communication is always try to put some type of positive spin on it with a client, right? Like this is something that is going to be beneficial for all of us and explaining why it's beneficial. Um, and we've done the same thing too. You know, when we have like a, a kickoff call or discovery call, um, that, you know, kind of communicated what you just mentioned that, Hey, if you have something that comes up, feel free to still send it over, right? Like we're not putting you in our box in terms of what are working hours, right? It doesn't mean that you can't send those things over as they come up. We also just kind of let them know too, because as a team, we have like notifications settings turned on, like when we do or do not have those things come through on our phone. And so we always kind of just use that as an opportunity to let them know like, Hey, don't worry. You're not going to bother us. Like feel free to send those things over. We have our notifications turned off, um, send away. Right. And we'll just make sure to hop back in um, at that next time that we're working, whether it's, you know, next Monday or whatever that looks like, but kind of pivoting from the communication boundaries to the selling piece, because I think that's another thing, you know, why we get nervous about setting those boundaries is because we are trying to sell or market ourselves right on Instagram or social media. And to be honest, this is another one of those things where I had kind of mentioned at the beginning of this episode that like your, um, zone of genius, is the polar opposite of mine, because selling is 
incredibly uncomfortable for me. I think sales sometimes gets a bad rep in this space is, oh, people slid into my DMs or they're cold pitching me, Um, you know, especially on Instagram, you know, where I think people are kind of seeing through like the inauthentic conversations. I mean, you know, something I genuinely enjoy in my business is making connections, right? And creating a sense of community with followers and people in this space. And I know that you talk about authentic selling in your business. And so I would love to know what some of your tips are for maybe um, selling with more ease or to where it doesn't feel quite as icky, right? Because I think that's where I get held up with selling is like, I don't want to come across that way. And so what are some tips you would have to help people maybe pivot those conversations to where it doesn't feel that way when it comes to sales? So a lot of it really does start with what you already mentioned. I really encourage my clients to always be building their community and making connections. So getting in the DMs, not with the purpose of selling right off the bat, but genuinely just creating connections, go into it with the mindset of I'm building my community. I'm seeing what this relationship could turn into because sometimes it doesn't even turn into a client relationship. Sometimes it turns into a collaboration or a really cool internet friend or, you know, whatever. So just go into it with the mindset of, I'm just going to see what this turns into. This person seems cool Mm -hmm. because what happens then is you are getting in the DMS, you're building this community. And then that may turn into someone being interested in your services. And from there, you can naturally turn it into a conversation about sales once they've kind of shown you some level of curiosity, right? But that way you're not feeling like you have to be cold, like you mentioned, like cold DMing people out of the blue straight up about selling right away. (laughs) Yep. And I think there's so many of those, even those bots and stuff now, or like the message that you get, you know, if you were to follow somebody like, Oh, Hey, saw that you followed me. Let me know if you're interested in X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I just followed you. Like, do you maybe want to like have some type of a conversation first before we dive down that rabbit hole? Yeah. I think that you, you really hit the nail on the head too, with the piece about don't go into it with the intention of selling because something else may come out of that conversation too. And I think that's another piece that people kind of forget about because I honestly, I kind of joke about this, have made some really, really good friends in this space. Um, Sometimes people now that are actually closer to me than some of the people that I'm actually local to that are my friends, you know, that we've built some type of really close relationship where we, you know, because of it end up meeting in person or referrals, right? I think that's another thing too, that I've noticed is when you're genuinely building connections with people, they are more likely to refer people to you. Like, because you have built a trusting relationship with them, they're more likely to refer people to work with you. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, just never be afraid to build that community. And I like to say too, that I teach my clients like permission-based selling. Mm -hmm. So you're building that community, right? You have these great like DM connections. Maybe some of them are interested in your services. So what you can do from there, when you are launching or selling something, you can use like polls in your stories to kind of get people to show you who is really interested. So you could like, let's say you do a series of questions uh, in your stories using the poll sticker. So you can say like, are you struggling with your systems? Do you wish that you had, um, you know, stronger systems in place? Um, Questions like that with the yes or no. Anyone who taps yes, I say that that is permission then to reach out to them because it's no longer a cold DM. They have told you that they're struggling with 
something that you can clearly help them with. So from there, you can get in the DMs and make it more about a sale, but you're starting off with sort of getting that permission. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think this may kind of lead a little bit into what you were just talking about with the polling on stories and stuff. But, you know, as we've talked, you know, Instagram can be daunting from a content perspective as well. I'm super type A. So my creative side of my brain, I would say, isn't fully there. It just doesn't like to show up and participate sometimes. Um, And just things like that don't come as naturally to me. So I think this is something that you know, maybe people that are more on the analytical side struggle with because there's really no rules, you know, in terms of content, right? But sometimes the hardest part is just getting started and playing around with different things until you really find what works best for you. And so do you kind of have maybe what are some of the steps people can take to start creating content that feels aligned with their business and their personal values that you feel, you know, for example, like with the stories, people have a hard time showing up sometimes because they don't know what to talk about and kind of leading back to that impactful content that you were talking about. Do you have some tips around that? Yes. So a couple places to start. Number one, I always say that the foundation of good marketing and good content is knowing your ideal client really well. So kind of always go back to basics and really make sure that you know exactly what your ideal client is struggling with, how they're feeling, what their goals and desires are, you know, what kind of content really intrigues them. Because that is going to be, I mean, our goal here is to get clients, right? And so if we don't create content for them, there's no point. (laughs) So I don't know. I feel like your audience probably is mostly trying to get clients. They're not trying to just like grow an audience of whoever. So know your ideal client really well. And then from there, create content buckets based off of that. So what basically pick like topics of content that you're going to be consistently creating around and pick a couple that are very business related and then maybe pick a couple that are more just like for fun. But that way you're giving yourself some guidelines. You know that you can create content around that and you don't have to create content around anything else. Yeah. And then one last tip from there to just go a step further. I like to encourage my clients to create their hard no's for content too. So like if there are things that you for sure don't want to talk about, or even like we said, like create those like hours, um, your business hours with it, like be really clear on your boundaries with content and Instagram as well. So that way you kind of do now have this blueprint of like, okay, here's my ideal client. I know exactly what they want to hear. Here are my content buckets that I'm going to use to create content around. And then here are my hard nose. So I know exactly what my boundaries are. I love that. I've never honestly thought of an approach like that with content. I'm always thinking about, okay, what can we post? What should we share versus coming from it from the opposite direction? And what should we not? Because it does give you more guidelines, right? And obviously, you know, like I said, the whole team's pretty type A, right? We're very, and that's just the nature of the work that we do. But, you know, we like processes and templated type things that we can follow or guidelines, because I think that does make everyone's job easier, especially too, if you are outsourcing your content, right? right? If you are having somebody else, um, write your content, or maybe eventually that's a goal is that's another good way that you're eventually going to be able to delegate that is because you have these clear, this is what we write about, or this is what we don't write about that yeah. you can give somebody to, to run with, so to speak. Yep. 
Exactly. Hey there, quick interruption here. As an online business owner, email marketing is really a hot topic that can cause a whole lot of stress. But building an email list has been such a vital part of my business and I've been able to keep it stress-free with ActiveCampaign. ActiveCampaign is an email marketing platform with a whole lot of capabilities for all stages of your business. I personally use ActiveCampaign for email marketing because it's simple but efficient. I use it to send out monthly newsletters, automatically send subscribers or freebies and more. They also have incredible automation capabilities that allow me to have a worry-free email marketing system. Do yourself a favor, check out ActiveCampaign by going to the link below in the show notes to get started today. Now back to the show. So, you know, on our team, we're obviously big systems people and our favorite platform to use is ClickUp. You know, it's the backbone of our business and we wouldn't be able to run it without it. But I'm curious to know what are some of your maybe favorite platforms or software or tech that you recommend, you know, maybe to your clients that would help from a social selling perspective or Instagram, maybe it's a scheduler, maybe there's something to help manage leads. I mean, cause I know we kind of talked a little bit about to the permission-based selling where you pulled your audience and they voted, you know, that's a yes, right. Um, maybe it's a way to kind of start tracking things like that. Do you have recommendations in terms of maybe tracking things like that, or just like your favorites that you recommend? Yeah, so I do, but it's funny because it's actually Instagram itself. But what I recommend my clients do for tracking leads is use the Instagram shared folders, or I'm sorry, saved, not shared. So you know how you can save posts and when you click the save button, uh, Instagram allows you to create a folder for that. So I recommend having a folder that is uh, cold leads, warm leads, and hot leads. Mm -hmm. So if there's anyone that you have in mind that has not given you permission to sell yet, but you're like, I just feel like I would, could really help this person. I feel like we'd be a good fit. I want to keep them in mind, save one of their posts into the cold leads. Mm -hmm. If you have someone that has given you some permission and you're already kind of chatting, um, put them in the warm leads. And then if you have someone that you're already like having a sales conversation with, maybe you've even like already offered them something, put them in the hot leads. Um, And just continue to do that as you grow your business. And that way inside of Instagram itself, you know exactly, you know, who your leads are and like what type of uh, conversation you've already had with them. Yeah, that's such a great idea because for us right now, what we, or what we had been doing is, you know, there's the priority and there's the general tab um, and Instagram. We were kind of using that as a way to differentiate between like hot leads and maybe cold or warmer leads, or, you know, at some point in time too, we were outsourcing some engagement, right? Like we were having somebody else on the team help with managing DMS on Instagram, just because with my schedule right now, it is very hard. And that was something I was like, okay, I'm going to have to outsource this. I'm going to continue to do it because I just don't have the capacity to always be in my Instagram DMS. And so one thing we ended up doing was utilizing our priority folders, so to speak as like, okay, Hey, these are Courtney's acquaintances, friends, clients, et cetera, that like, we're not engaging with from that way. We're not pitching. We're not selling. This is just her bucket that she can work out of. And then the generals folder was where our team member could work out of, so to speak. That's how we had used it. But then there's not that extra level of 
okay, now that we've got this general folder, who's hot, who's warm, who's cold, you know, there wasn't another way to organize it further, so to speak. So that's such a great idea. I never thought of it from that way. That's such a good idea to kind of, you know, obviously we want to keep things as organized as possible, you know, to do that. And, and that it's local to Instagram. We're not having to go outside to like a spreadsheet or something like that to have to do it. Exactly. I find if we can keep things as simple as possible, then, you know, it's easier for my clients to keep up with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing too, you know, cause like we, obviously we teach systems. And so we always tell our clients, like, if you don't like it, you're not going to use it. And then it defeats the purpose of having it. Right. And so having something that you're realistically going to use, you know, that's the same thing that we teach our clients sometimes with time blocking is, you know, okay, if you build out this beautiful color-coded time blocked calendar, that's great. But you know, with a a 5 a.m. wake up time and then breakfast at 5.30. And, you know, is it realistic? Is it something you're actually going to utilize? And I think that's something too, from, you know, any perspective, whether it's like what you teach with your business or us with ours is also just kind of auditing them, like kind of checking in, like, am I still utilizing this? Am I just doing it because, you know, I feel like I should be doing it or this is the process we initially set up, making sure that you're tweaking the process as you go too. Yeah. And that brings up a great point to kind of tie that back to content is like, do that with content as well. So you may put these, you know, content buckets in place and the ideal client stuff that I mentioned, make sure to audit that as well and be like, okay, has my, have I learned more about my ideal client? Do I want to add in another content bucket? Kind of audit all of that with Instagram as well. Maybe like, you know, once a month or every other month to make sure that that's still working for you too. Yeah. I love that because we've also been to like really kind of rethinking through our content because I mean, there's just like lots of things that change in business and change frequently. And I think it's super important that everything else is changing with it. But I think when we are service-based businesses, we're so focused sometimes on serving our clients that we forget to kind of check in and serve our own business. If that makes sense, like it, it gets neglected. It kind of gets put on the back burner. And I think so like having little checkpoints, like maybe it's once a month, like checking in, what has my content buckets looking, um, my leads folders and Instagram. Have I gone through and cleaned those up things like that, that could help systemize it, so to speak a little bit to make it feel more manageable. If that makes sense. Yes, totally. Love that. Okay. Well, last question for you is what is your favorite part about what you do and who you serve? What's your favorite part about your business? And you kind of touched on this in the beginning when you talked about your transition from um, being a hairstylist into this space, but what would you say is your favorite part about your job now? Yeah. My favorite part is that I get to help people, mostly women build businesses that actually allow them to like live their life. (laughs) Yeah. I think that too many people have jobs that either they don't like or that they you know, spend way too much time on. And I think that being able to help people build a business that they are really proud of, and that allows them to do things like spend more time with their kids or travel or work from wherever, you know, uh, whatever their goals are for me to be able to support that is just the coolest. Yeah. I love that because I think that's the biggest thing you know, why I loved having my business is because, you know, at one point in time I had started it because I wanted to travel and be location independent and set my own hours, which was great. 
but then life evolves. And what's great about it is your business can evolve with it. Like, you know, right now I'm, I'm married. I had my first baby in September and my priorities, so to speak, or what I need my business to look like changed. And, you know, it's because of the business that I had that I was able to do it. And so the fact that you get to support people in doing that is so incredible because I think it's something that truly is just not seen as common enough. I felt very just kind of like an outlier when I first left my nine to five and decided to to dive into this realm or this world of work. And it was terrifying. It was so scary. And I didn't have like a mentor or a business coach, you know, like you at the time. And I think having that support is just completely invaluable because it's not just about like, Hey, I'm helping you learn how to start a new business or how to sell or how to grow your business on Instagram. It's I'm helping give you the keys to a completely different lifestyle that you get to decide like what that life is going to look like. So from all of us, we thank you and (laughs) (laughs) for doing what you do, because it is truly, it is priceless. So, yeah. And you brought up such a great point. It's so true that it can feel a little isolating or it can make you feel like, am I crazy? Are my crazy? (laughs) Because everyone in my personal life is like, wait, what are you doing? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Having support and even like a lot of, you know, my group programs, the huge benefit of that is like, you're surrounded by people who are wanting to do similar things. So like, yeah, if you are just starting out, don't underestimate getting around people who are like-minded because it's really valuable. Yeah. And that segues perfectly into my next thing, which is if people are interested in working with you, Tori, or just getting in touch, what are some of the best ways that they can get in contact with you? What are your programs like right now? Kind of give us, you know, the 411 on how we can get in contact and in touch with you and work with you. Yeah. So obviously Instagram (laughs) is my favorite. So you can follow me at Thrive Business Development. Um, My website is thrivebusinessdevelopment.co. And if you go on my website, you will see that I have a free masterclass available. That is my six figure masterclass. I basically break down exactly what I did to hit my first six figures. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do go over some sales stuff, but I also go over just like how to create a coaching business that will be able to support you know, scaling and growing and making more money. So that is available for everyone as well. Okay, perfect. And we will make sure for everybody listening to link all of that in the show notes for you guys. So you have easy access to that. And obviously with all of our guest episodes, the last thing that we like to do is our little rapid fire questions towards the end. So are you ready for your first rapid fire question? I'm ready. Okay. So very first one is what is your dream travel location? Definitely Italy. Italy. Yes. Do you have a specific spot in Italy or just anywhere in Italy? Um, you know, so many different places. My family is Italian. So uh-huh. my, dad, uh, my grandpa came from Italy and uh, he unfortunately passed away before I got to go with him, but a lot of my family did get to go back with him. So I would definitely just ask them for recommendations of like everywhere and try to spend as much time there in one trip as I could. Yeah. I have been to Italy twice now and it's probably, I would say my top two favorite countries I've ever been one, because the food is phenomenal. Like nothing compares to true Italian food. I think the best way I could have explained it to people when I came home was like, I could actually taste ingredients, you know, in the food, if that makes sense. Like we're so used to just like these bland processed foods sometimes here, you know, not everywhere, but 
you literally, you can just taste the love that they put into the food. And I swear that is all I wanted to do while I was there was just eat because it was so good. Um, but even to, like you said, just asking family too, about like, what are the best spots to go? Because when I would travel, I mean, yes, you have to hit the big places like Rome and Florence and, you know, we did like Positano and, um, Oh, where else did we do? we weren't all, all over the place, but it was like the small little hole in the wall towns that were my favorite because you just truly got so immersed in in the culture and the people and, and where you were. And I just, Italy is beautiful. It's amazing all the way around. Do you have plans to go anytime soon? Not yet. I actually just recently had my first baby too. Uh, oh, congratulations. She, yeah. Thank you. I had her in February. So travel is not quite on the agenda yeah. yet, but I would love to take her one day when she's a little older. Yeah, I totally understand that. We're still, my, my son just turned seven months and we're still in the, you know, we're figuring things out phase yeah. still. <laughs> Every day is a learning day. So, okay. Next question is what is your favorite meal? Like if you had to choose your last meal, what would it be? It's a hard one. <laughs> it's a tough one, but I would have to honestly probably say a hamburger. I like you can't go wrong with a good hamburger. Can't go wrong, big no. burgers and fries fan over here. <laughs> Love it. Yep. I always try to like. I feel like it's wrong when I answer this question. I want to mix, you know, cuisine, so to speak. I'm like, okay, I want crab rangoon and I want fried chicken and I want like all these things that don't go together, but they make sense in my head <laughs> because they're all my favorites. Um, okay. And then, what are you currently reading? I'm actually reading a book called um, The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. I think Mm. that's the title. Um, I'm a big like murder mystery fan. Okay. So Uh that's the one that I'm on right now. Okay. What's your favorite murder mystery book so far? I love The Guest List. Okay. I have that book. It's probably on my bookshelf behind. Oh, it is. I don't know if you can see it, (laughs) but it's literally right there. I started it, but then I don't know what, Oh, we started moving and then I hadn't, haven't finished it, but it actually had a really good start. I was actually sometimes books, if they have a slow start, I'm like, "Eh, I don't know if I'm going to read this, but it gets you right at the beginning with that book. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And then the last question is what was your dream job when you were a kid? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? So funny. I wanted to be a Marine biologist just oh. hilarious because I'm terrible at like traditional school I did not thrive in <laughs> high school I did not go to college <laughs> um but I just love the ocean and I loved it when I was little like I have my whole room was like ocean themed so I thought okay. I was gonna be a marine biologist <laughs> hey there's still time you think you never know you never yeah. know <laughs> you could do you could do both we could find a way maybe yeah. we can. <laughs> awesome well Tori thank you so much for joining me today um it has been so fun chatting with you and like I mentioned again to everybody listening we're going to include everything in the show notes on how you can get in touch with Tori. But other than that, we will see you guys on your next episode. And Tori, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again. And I can't wait to see you next week.